0: It's okay not to be okay. The OTL podcast wants to highlight a couple of excellent organisations who work with Erdoganians in the field of mental health. First up, back inside. Are you suffering from mental health issues, social exclusion, loneliness, grief or the loss of a loved one? Join the team from back inside the first Monday of every month at Airdrie Football Club where they welcome along anyone who feels they need some support, someone to listen to them or just to have a cup of tea. They'll be there from 7pm until 10pm and they look forward to seeing you. The evening is free of charge and if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to contact the team at info at backonside.com Back On Side. Support through sport. Only the lonely. We put it off hoping that the form would improve but it's finally time to get the guys back together. And we've ended up with a bumper edition. 90 minutes plus time added on for stoppages and some half-time entertainment. We've broken it down into two podcasts to make it a bit more manageable. In part one, Ian Murray, sticker twist. With the form on the pitch dipping, is Ian Murray the man to take his forwards? And then part two, a song for Airdrie, but it's more of a lament than a victory chorus. And finally, in part three, with Willie Marshall resigning from his position on the board, look at what's going on in the boardroom and what changes we would like to see to make sure that they can take Edry forwards next season. The back of Herdry's shirts this season carry the logo Suicide Prevention North Lanarkshire. Suicide is the single biggest killer of men aged under 45 in the UK North Lanarkshire wants to help us do something about that. And North Lanarkshire Choose Life's aim is to raise awareness of good suicide prevention practices and to encourage people to speak up as well as listen. You can find out more at chooselife.net. It's okay not to be okay. Now welcome to the OTL podcast with me, your host, Colin Telford. I'm joining me tonight. I've got ever present uh, Alan Porteous phoning in from his sickbed tonight. Alan, how are you feeling?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm so good. um I may well have to avoid going to Kirkcody tomorrow, so see, every cloud is a silver lining. I might be in my bed tomorrow.
0: Well, hopefully this doesn't take too much out of you. And we've also got Gordon Thompson. Gordon, how are you?
2: I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm that old. I get a flu jag every year now. so. <laughs> I'm you sounded sicker than me. So, so un- unfortunately, I might be fit to go to Fault, uh, Raith Rovers tomorrow, so... Mm.
0: I'm missing out for an intensive potty training class. So there you go. Hopefully, I'll, I'll get through that with flying colours. But uh, so you—you you might be our only representative at the game.
1: Have you never quite mastered that, Colin? Getting get
0: there, getting there. It's not as easy as it sounds. On the
1: big, on the big pan soon.
0: <laughs> we, I've put this off a bit because well, we thought that things might develop a bit more with. Everything that's going on in the background with the ownership and the, the kind of trust, meeting there was a few weeks ago, and also uh, we I think we've all lost our enthusiasm a bit after the
1: we kept waiting for a win.
0: Exactly, i uh, We we did uh, doing a podcast after four defeats. Maybe wasn't the best time to do it, especially after uh, last time around at the beginning of January. We'd just been on a four game winning streak, uh, and the criticism we got or the feedback we got was they thought. We were, or you, Alan, were were <laughs> too negative on where we were at the time, which I probably would have thought uh, I would have agreed. However, it turns out that you're actually Nostradamus, uh, and the forum uh, is as bad as you feared. Or, or, I think what we're saying was the performances were unspectacular, but the results were good. Um, uh, you were voicing concerns, coming kind fresh, of refreshing because we've been on a really bad run, um, especially games against teams towards the bottom of the table, where with a chance to push for the playoffs, but defeats against. Uh, breaking in Stenhouse-Muir and a draw against them Barton make you think that it would be very unlikely to make it now, although East Fife are kind of doing their best to make it, make it interesting. We've kind of had WhatsApp chats during matches or whatever uh, and I think it'd be fair to say that you're still positive about Murray Gordon, you, you think that he's, he's a good appointment and that given the chance to bring in his own players, he'll come good and Alan, that you're a bit more sceptical and wonder whether he is a man to be given the job we're at a point in the season now where you've got quite a large sample size of what we've done under him you've been able to see how he's restructured the team he does seem to have been limited in who he could bring in in January and we've only got a couple of young loanees but I felt like a decent time to have a conversation about it and the question being should we stick or twist with, with Ian Murray if I charge you with, say, with arguing that that we shouldn't uh, that he's not got the skills that the the job requires and then maybe we should look to change for next season and if I give you that remit what would be the key points
1: you would pull out <laughs> it would have been better if you'd given me the opposite That'd more that would have been more in that would be more interesting quite possibly, because i was going to say things like well he's a good guy and he's played for scotland stuff like that you know that that, that that's vital for an Airdrie manager it's very much a case of you know do we do, do we keep what we know or do we risk the unknown by getting somebody else in. You know, to be honest, I, I sat and I thought about it for for, for, for quite a long time amidst the, the, the dull boredom of, of the game on Saturday. And I came up with a quick list of of, of of things that I think are quite indicative that there's at least cause for concern. And you know, I think that's that that's the kind of main thing. First first thing is you've got to admit his win record is as bad as Find's is. You know, there's that was deemed sackable by all and sundry at at, at the time and when the new guy came in and we're hoping that there's going to be some kind of managerial bounce or whatever there's just been nothing the the statistics bear it out I think he's got a win rate of something like 32% or something like that less than one in three which was you know pretty much bang on what, what Finlay was this year as well so there doesn't seem to have been a great deal of results that have improved. So that was kind of the first thing. As I said before, there's no managerial bounce right from the outset. You know, it was it was, it was kind of quite the opposite, actually, wasn't it? You know, the first two games, Stenhouse-Muir and was it Montrose at home? Horrendous. So I would suggest that he's probably no Mr. Motivator. You know, something that a team like Airdrie potentially needs. He's not disposed to play an attractive football, attacking football. I appreciate a lot of folk have ah, oh, he's pragmatic, he's got organisation. But, you know, th- that to me has been largely built on reducing the number of forwards in the starting 11 and getting men behind the ball. That's a much easier thing to do. Not losing games is a, a much easier thing to do than actually winning games. And that's what we need to do next year. We need to win this league. We need to win it against better teams. And, and, and that's a problem. He hasn't managed to instill any more belief or confidence in the team, I don't think. You've not, you'll notice any time we go ahead, we shit our pants, and we invite the, the opponents on On us to hit back. They invariably do. Now, we got away with it on Saturday, but you know, Dumbarton, I think, springs to mind. We just seem to go into a shell. He's not instilled any kind of confidence in, the, in, in, in those guys at all. I was thinking about Carrick and Duffy, now that they've returned and are playing reasonably well. He dropped them. You know, Duffy at that time, I think when he dropped him, was our top scorer. And he dropped him in favour of McIntosh, who I think is quite wholehearted, but I would class him very much as the third choice alternative between those two. Now, did that cost us points amidst quite a bad run? I think it probably did. Um, So, bad decision. The big obvious one for me is he's persisted with Gallagher and Miller in those two linchpin midfield roles. Even after bringing in two lone midfielders, he still persisted with them. I thought with these two new guys coming in, everybody in the stand would have thought, well, they're going to fit in immediately for these two these two weak links. But no. You know, and again, that that lack of creativity in the middle of the park, he can't afford to have two guys like that, not not performing. His sole success in football to date, I feel, is avoiding relegation, not gaining promotion. I said that I think in the last one that I was concerned that when you were sitting down interviewing him, you'd say, our job this year is to go up as champions. What have you done in your CV to suggest that you're capable of doing that? And, and, and Murray's real achievement was, I think, keeping Dumbarton from being relegated. He's, he's probably quite good at that. The pragmatism, the organisation works for that. This comes around next year again, and we're going to have to potentially go up as champions. And I just don't see anything to suggest that he fits our requirements for this including the poor spate of results that we've had kind of recently.
0: Do you think that in terms of potential candidates for the job when it did come up, do you think we would have had people with a proven track record of getting promotion... Available because I take your point, he's, his best spell was at Dumbarton. He's only really had one team where he, he could have been successful, which was St Mirren. Didn't work out from there, hasn't worked out there for quite a lot of people, probably everyone except Jack Ross in the last 10 years. Hello. So I'd say it's maybe sli- slightly harsh, but but I mean, the only one I can think of is Jim Duffy, who had, I've probably taken the Dumbarton job by the time our job came up, or it was about the same time. He's won the league with Morton. Does that mean that you would have preferred him to, to
1: Ian Murray? I think I probably would have, in fairness. But what you've said there, I take, I take on board that point about he's not, got, he's not been too many places. But, but that, again, becomes an issue that we have suffered so much by, by putting guys in place that have, are, are inexperienced that they're, they're probably not a great deal older than the guys that they're sitting in the dressing room with. And it's not worked. It was crying out for a, you know, for for an experienced guy. And there must, and I don't know the full list of people, but there must have been somebody there that was, you know, uh, that fitted the bill a little bit more. But, but as I say, we're talking about going forward, and we have this pos- position that will will crop up in the, in the, in the close season. That do you twist or do you, you know, or, or do you stick with what you've got? And you know, you've got to look at it and think. And the evidence of what's happened so far, and also the expectations that the guy's got a track record to take us up. You know, I'm not convinced it, that it necessarily it necessarily bears out. You're going to hate me because I'm going to bring this up again, but one of the problems for me was amidst that poor spate of results, he took what I felt was quite a knee-jerk reaction to ship Victoria out. And he, and he, I think, at that point was our top scorer then as well, or close to it. He shipped him off to a competitor, leaving the team with a dearth of pace and creativity. It's you can't argue with it uh, you know. Yeah, that he has that reputation of inconsistency but that argument aside was that guy really deserving of being the first out the door when we really had nothing like him in the squad, surely he could have if he had problems with him he could have worked with it in training for a bit longer yeah, I don't I don't want to, to, to gloat greatly but did, did you see the goal he scored against Ray Rovers on Saturday under pressure from outside the box top corner that would
0: have been that. That was difficult for me. Um, so, and that's, in fairness, this is Brian Smith's big bugbear who's not on with us tonight. But, uh, Gordon, I think you're in the same camp as you would. It's almost as if he's getting a better player with every week that passes. Whereas, is it really the case that he, he's played at about this level all his career? He's never kicked on from there. And he had three, four really good games and a few eye catching goals for us, but then reverted to kind of the mean. Yeah, well, I mean,
2: first, first things first, the manager's got to you know, to work with players. He, he sees more of them than we do, you know, for starters. But, um, you know, the point about him scoring last week for eighth, I mean, yeah, he's got that in his locker that he can score a great goal. But, you know, he, he scored, I think, on his debut for Stranraer, but they ended up getting beat 4-3, you know, losing a lot of goals, you know, towards the end of that game. And, you know, part, part of the game's obviously kind of you know, working hard to ensure your team doesn't get beat. It's a team game. You know, starts for the front. I don't know what happened in that particular game, but you know, you kind of got to wonder at times. It, it's the whole package. You know, I, I quite like the guy. To be brutally honest, so um, I thought there was a bit to him, but I know the I know the kind of reputation that he's got as well, and you know, for going I'm missing. All your, bear was... in mind, bear in mind that since you know, since. Finn, Finlay got the sack. I think he scored two goals in total since then. So it's not as if he's setting the heather and fire. I think we've got guys like McIntosh and, and Duffy that have scored more in that period of time. I think he's only um, played four
1: bear, games since then, in fairness.
2: So bear, in, bear in mind no, as well, though, Alan, that um, you know, he was a, he was a sub the last two games for Stranraer as well. It's not as if they've been playing him every minute of every game. And we don't know the whole story you know, on that that
1: side. But you know what? The, the point was the point in time. When he, when he was booted out the door, we were struggling, and we needed to, we, we needed, you said he's got stuff in his locker. He's undoubtedly got stuff in his locker. And was it, we're looking at decisions that were being made, and was it an immediate reaction to get shot of him? And you'll disagree with us as well, but but likewise, I, I, I think that despite the fact that we were, we've been consistently quite poor at the back, he dropped Scott Robertson as well, who, when he was playing at centre-half, not so much at right back, I don't, I don't fancy him greatly at right back, when he was playing at centre half, I felt and a lot of my friends felt as well that he was probably Finlay's best signing he looked strong I know you I think, think he's he... rocked over the ball at his feet and whatever, but I think he looked strong, well organised and he could have marshaled a, a, a Dean Cairns or a, or a Sean McIntosh or something beside him and he would have been he'd have been much less of a bomb scare than, than uh, um Take your
2: pick. <laughs>
1: uh, I know. <laughs> um, well,
2: in fairness, they dropped they dropped him and brought Chris and in who's quite clearly our best defender by a long, long way. Sean Crichton, why did um, I not remember that? There you
1: go. I I you know, you know,
2: sh- Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm,
1: going, I'm, going, I'm not going to argue for him either. To be brutally I honest, you were but, say but, so so again, it's it's <laughs> quick when you've got limited resources and you've got questionable picks. You know, you really want to you want to assess a manager by. Looking and that, see uh, what he comes in with and how he best f- shuffles the pack. And yeah. in actual fact, he hasn't really shuffled the pack particularly well at all. He's, he's kept going on like cards and getting rid of all the high ones. Nah, listen, if, if Robertson the Victoria is your high cards, mate, I'd love to
2: argue with you on that front. But, I, I mean, I, 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 I kind of sat quiet and, and obviously listening to you say your piece and I totally agree that everything's totally underwhelming at the moment and there are things that I'm looking for that I've not seen yet. But I'd, I'd like to go back to the start of he, he, he Murray's run as well and just sort of a wee bit of an argument for it although there is question marks and there are things I'm not happy with um, I'd, I'd like to go back to the start as well because I mean, his first game was obviously up at Montrose when Fitzpatrick picked the team and Fitzpatrick had undone a lot of the, the, the stuff that Finley had let kind of taper out Fitzpatrick picked his, his team of experienced players um, and they, they turned out they won 3-0 for him maybe they didn't play the kind of
1: football that Murray wanted or whatever else but they were, were really Apart yeah. From the two, apart from the two guys in the middle, because we we just kept the ball yeah. away from Muller they're, and Gallagher that they're, they're day. The of, I'm going
2: to come to, to that. I'm going to come to that for definite as well, because That's you know my opinion of the weakest link. But he lost his first two games at home, Sterling four. Um, and he and he made some changes after that that included Robertson dropping it. He brought Chris in in right back, and you noticed know, an immediate difference. Won three games in the bounce. And I think in that first kind of spell before the Celtic game, the only two games that they we lost were away up at Wraith and a home game against our broth who we were, you know, kind of tapping looking fine. But we were starting to look as though we were kinda of getting close towards the third best team in the league at that point in time. Um we were only playing too terrible, but after the race defeat, in fact at half time in the race defeat was when he dropped Page, who was another one in my bugbears, um, you know, right from the start. He dropped and went to Shreeman at the back and you could see differences that he had made. So I'm, I'm going to kind of argue that I don't think he's You he didn't say he's an incompetent field but you know what I mean He's. he's I don't think he's useless he, he, he looked at something which under Finlay we were unravelling out of control Um, we looked as though we might never win another game. We were, we were absolutely what was, we were looking like a comedy show uh, you know every time a team attacked us you know it was an adventure and um, I was kind of getting a bit worried that things were just unravelling whether the team weren't playing for or Whatever, it was different formations every week, different players getting blamed for it, dropped, whatever else. The, the younger players in the squad were completely blocked by, by these average signings that he brought in. Um, Sounds kind of familiar, but, though. I don't know what's happening just now. Well, well, I don't know. I'll come to that in a wee minute. But I think the, the initial run-up towards the Celtic game, Finlay had totally changed his. The, I, I, I've spoke before about the amount of goals that we were losing, and he did turn that away, But those also like the players that are very limited. Um and what they can do. And so since the Celtic game, then I'll, I'll refer back to the Celtic game as a kind of turning point because prior to that we were actually starting to look quite decent, uh, maybe not decent, not in the terms that I like free flowing football and uh, you know that we were attractive to watch, but we were starting to look like a team that were that were kind of finally getting it. We thought a lone signing or two or a couple of changes we're, were on the right tracks here, you know, and we thought we would finish the season strongly. So after the Celtic game we threw in that absolute stinker air display at Stennis Muir where where I don't think anyone, you know, had a particularly good game. We were very predictable the way we were playing. Everything was really back to front. It was constant punts for you know, for Crichton up towards Leighton Mackintosh and it wasn't pretty at all. We were very predictable to defend against. And then we, we were we lost a couple of really scrappy goals against them, but I mean, they were great finishes from them, but from our point of view they were Poorly, poorly defended. We went up to 4 for and, and really got handed our, you know, we really, we really got it dished totally up to, to them. Back, Next, their, front, their front three gave our back three a, a real kind of lesson that day. And even the midfielders and the new players that they had brought in looked, looked much better than what we put out. Breaking game, God, don't even want to talk about that. And We, we should have done better up at a again. Some really shocking defending for us. We gave away some poor free kicks. I know that El Tactico's kind of, you know, broken that one down. Uh, like some of the bad defending, and of course we we finally got our, our, our win again. So the last that run of games Celtic's really kind of shining bad on it. We never really get absolutely gubbed in any of the games, but we, we haven't played anywhere near. And I'm wondering how much of that was the impact to the the loan signings coming in. It's, Declan Glass looked like a great wee player you know when he came in and he does a lot of things that I like and I think he's a lot better player than some of the fans are giving him credit for he's he, he, he actually I think he's a couple what we've got I think it's, it's, a it's a bit like, I think there's a, the same situation as say a lot of guys didn't like Jake Casey last year and I, I thought he was I, I thought he potentially go right to the top and I'm, I'm noticing today that he's linked to a move to one of the old firm and you know he's in the Scotland under 21 squad and you know he, he scored quite a lot of goals for Motherwell in the last last month or two so I can see the same thing with him I'll, like the young boy Campbell who he, 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 he was a centre half who became a kind of a holding midfielder and initially Finlay was playing him a bit further forward to, 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 to obviously kind of keep the two in midfield in place I'm thinking that Finlay's started to kind of tire that act, which which we've kind of noted, and, and you know we we spoke about since almost the start of the season that Murray the two and seven field are not very creative. I think Murray starting to get tired, of that Kieran Miller get benched before and after the the growth game where he he gave away a couple of fouls that led to directly to a couple of their goals Um, he didn't start the game in fact I don't think he featured at all last week against when it was Sean McIntosh came in uh, and played that position so I can see things starting to turn a wee bit for Murray but for me the next next, well I think we've got 8 or 9 games until the end of the season and I'm really looking for a wee bit more, to be brutally honest. The I really like Murray. He's, he's certainly cut down the number of goals that we're conceding, but we've also scored a lot less than we did under Findlay as well, which is quite scary. I'm not sure that's all entirely like Jal Victoria. I was actually more upset that we lost the. Practically gave away Cammy Murray, eh, Cammy Russell. Sorry, who I think's a, a you know a cracking player. I'd have I, I fought for Cammy Murray before I fought for Victoria. Or, or even half the blooming team that we've got at the moment, that that one you know annoyed me more than anything. A, a young guy with real potential. His goal scoring record for the amount of time he was on the pitch was probably up there or better, even in lights of Victoria. So that that kind of disappointed me more than anything. So I'm looking at the next, certainly the next run of games is you know Murray's really for me his first real kind of. He's first wheel kind of humping the road, and, and, and what is he going to do now to react to that? And obviously, we've spoken before about the quality of players, the two in midfield just aren't working. I think there's a player in Grant Gallagher. Um there are things that he's done that disappoint with the goal that we lost against Brecon, you know, when he, he passed it back instead of. I know,
1: actually he, thought he was
2: having a reasonably good back. game until that point, ironically. He, he was, but a lot depends on that formation that we're playing at the moment doesn't suit Grant Grant Gallagher would be alright in a you know, where back four and him sitting as a, the holding midfielder. If we've got a couple of guys that can run and pass beside him, then he might actually be quite a good player. I think he defends the position really well, whereas Miller, like we've seen our on capable of you know, stupid fouls, getting caught out of position, not reacting quick enough to dangers or whatever else. I think Grant Gallagher actually reads the game really, really well. He looks like an intelligent player, a bit injury prone to like and i main concern about him um, and the fact
1: like too that much time in the ball as well,
2: do you not know think? think? Sometimes I mean, against there was games like the Hamilton Ackies game early in the season. <laughs> I thought we had really won a watch when I seen them in that game, but roles changed, and, and you know the way we played football, you know, in that game we were trying to build through the midfield. After that, we started bypassing them, and we've been doing that ever since. So the, the whole culture of the team I do not like at the moment everything goes back to... Fair. Because we've got two midfielders that don't want to engage in any kind of possession play, and we've got central defenders that aren't particularly good at passing, all we can ever do is go along. When that, when that ball goes out to a full-back or a wing-back or whatever, all they can do is try and hit the strikers because we're not playing through the middle. And That's really where I want to see Murray sort of put his foot down now. He would, when he was at Dumbarton he was known for being, being quite cavalier in attacking. Here... Here he's, 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 because of the quality of defenders or the lack of quality defenders we've got. He's went with a three at the back formation, which has led to has been a long ball team. And you know I, I, I seen an old video earlier on of the, the the one of the DVDs. You know we, the the ninety five cup run, the, the games are away at Rovers and and against Harps in the semi final that year. When we were playing three at the back at that time, we had Stevie Cooper and Andy Smith up front. When we were getting the ball forward, we were at least winning it. I had had an actual clear aim. At the moment, we don't have those players. Late Martin is you know, the, the biggest of the strikers that we've got. But he's, he's not a hitman, man, is he? He's not really. He, he he looked like a world beater against East Fife when we went up there back in I think it was December. But at that point in time, East eh, sorry East Fife only had a you know a couple of smaller defenders on that day, and he he looked like a world beater. And it's never really clicked for him. You know, in, in that role since then. But I like Light and I think he's uh, there's something about him. I don't know if he would start every game for me, no. but I do like the fact that he's a worker. He does try and win the ball back, and he and he gives us everything, even if he's not the least talented guy in the world. At least he leaves it all in the pitch, unlike some guys. And, and so that's what I'm really looking. What I'm really looking for from Murray, I, th- I think he brought a lot more professionalism to us, and I think that's probably one of the reasons that Victoria's went. I know he was trying to do extra training sessions during the and you know, be be all accounts, and again, this is only this is only stuff that you pick up from other people. So it might not be true that you know Victoria was one of the guys that refused to come in. I, I don't know if that's true or not, or or, or whatever. But the, these are the kind of things that go on behind the scenes that we don't see. So I've seen a lot of good things for Murray so far. The feedback I'm hearing from players is they really like him. He seems to have brought a lot more professionalism to his notes. have been great in the last four or five weeks after his Celtic game, but. You know, not getting easy beat like we used to be. He, he certainly brought much more professionalism. I've seen things. I well, Thought we were pretty easily beaten against. Uh,
1: against Brechin, in fairness.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, the the forfeit game where well, I, I think they're just a better team, to be honest. But um, there, there's something about Murray that I quite like. None of our managers in the past as well, and I know the the, the kind of the romanticism. It's apart from Ali McDonald's here. I don't know when we've actually been all that brilliant, but you know with Stevie Archibald and playing some of the best looking football that I've ever seen. But he had more bumps in the road than than, than we, we like to remember. Jimmy Bone had some. terror. I remember everyone shouting about Jimmy Bone must go after a five two defeat down at Clyde Bank. You know back in eighty nine or whatever it was. Ali McDonald, you know the first quarter of his season. Apart from the, the, the Skull school cup run, the first quarter of his season, there was a lot of kind of lot of league defeats. We were sitting quite precarious before we finally got our right together. All the managers that we've had that I can remember have all really needed a, a settler-in period. Dean McCall in his year, um, you know, when we we, we built a team from scratch last summer, he got off to a great start, but he's done what he's done at Air United at the moment, you know and went on a big slide, you know, after Christmas, so he's the one that was the opposite way around, you know, his, his kind of paper out control, so, you know, from my experience of watching Airdrie and watching new managers come in, they need to do something, I think Murray did things in the right order, but he gave the older players their head, you know, when he came in, he done what you would expect a, a, an actual man manager to do. He, he, he went with probably the vice's assistants that had been there longer and he gave the experienced players a go. Now we're starting to see the younger guys coming in. We've seen Chris O'Neill come in and prove sell a young guy that was almost striving out the game, you know, in frustration earlier on this season. Suddenly he's come in and looked like a best player. Looking young guys like Sean Mantosh starting to get a shot now as well, which, which is good to see when you know, previously they had been kind of cast aside. And I know there's other guys like Edwards and Russell that's been in and out of the team, but now's the time where I want to see the manager. Now that he's assessed the squad, he's assessed the players, you know, let, let's try and build towards next season what I'm hoping for, you know. like, Are we going to play a more progressive style than, than this constant back-to-front that's not working? I'm hoping in the next couple of months that we're going to start seeing us playing a decent kind of football hopefully he'll, he'll maybe revert away from the, the the kind of direct approach that's not working, become a wee bit more open, and hopefully he'll get some proper experience into which what I hope the younger guys who I think can maybe can maybe kind of like bulk out the team and, you know, we hopefully some added quality during the summer.
0: Can I just pull a, a couple of threads out of that then, Gord, based on what, on what you've said there, one of the things with the team, it seems to be obvious to, to all of us at the midfield, the key problem area, and you can see there's Miller and Gallagher or whatever, we interviewed McMillan a couple of well, a few months ago now uh, and he spoke about football is always a blend you need to have your, your workers and your skillful players and especially at our level where you won't get players who can do everything you need to be able to mix it up a bit why has Murray been as ineffective as or, or maybe you think he hasn't as Finlay was at trying to solve the, the, what seems to be a and weakness in our team, which is the central midfield. And I don't like to analyse games tactically because I don't see them in that way. But even just basics of right, who's your, who's your six, who's your eight, who's your ten? Why can't we just fit people into those kind of roles and solve it better than we have done? We
2: don't have them. That's the problem. I, I, I think there's a constant kind of ballot. It's almost like a science experiment at the moment, where um, in, in my personal opinion, when I look at the team, when I look at the score, I can't second guess. What I think is going to be like a winning, you know, a consistent winning team from what we've got at the moment. Certainly not from the, you know, the kind of batch of players that come in during the summer. What What Murray's done since he came in is is he stopped his being us. You know, we were we were losing nearly two goals a game. Now we're losing about an average of <laughs> one goal a game under him and. Um, He's kept that midfield there because one of the things that that happened early in the season, if you look at that four-three defeat we had when we lost like three goals in injury time or something like that, we were wide open. You know there was a huge gap between our our attacking our defence. We had attackers that weren't coming back and working. We had midfielders that were strung out. We had defenders that were sitting too deep. One of the one of the first things that he's done is he he's sat down and analysed who wasn't actually coming back, and we highlighted a couple of. You know, in the tacticals, a couple of times where guys like Scott Stewart were getting caught up the pitch, and we were losing goals down that side. He had had stopped all that, and unfortunately, some of the mistakes have crept in in the last three or four weeks again. But he had stopped that, and that was one of the reasons for, for, I believe, keeping that midfield. Stop that by having those guys. That's why you don't score goals, you won't get but that's where the balance that Colin's talking about McMillan got on about. He's, he's, he's had to try and compensate defensively, but that's taken away from the attack. We're scoring less goals because we're, we're sitting too far back. And The unfortunate thing we've thought at the moment is that we've got players that just don't have you know, the, the proper full skill set. We've, we've scouted a lot of players and paid a lot of money for players this pre-season who aren't actually a really good fit. And, and it's probably cost the previous manager his job. Again, I think the official line was that he had resigned, but it's it's what caused this turmoil where we're in. We've got a very expensive squad by comparison, but we've got a very incomplete squad as well in terms of, we've got guys that can't, we've got defenders that can't pass the ball. We've got midfielders that don't want to pass the ball or don't make very good runs forward or whatever else. We've, we've got so many things missing within players that there's no really a, a, a really good mixture that you could make a, a, a really good team out of. I think we made a terrible, terrible job last year. We've spent a lot of money. We've compromised ourselves getting into next year as well with some of the players. We, we, we see guys like Pedro Robertson sitting on the bench most weeks who are taking up a, a fair chunk of salary and we've still got them next year. There's a real puzzle for, for, for them to sort out and it's going to cost us a fair bit of money to get out from underneath it. Though.
0: So we're seeing personnel, you, you can only be a so good a tactician, but if, you, if you've not got the pieces to work with, then you'll struggle.
2: Sorry Colin, but football's entirely about scouting. The manager's job would be quite easy if we actually scouted or created the players with all these skill sets that are missing at the moment, and that's what went wrong during the summer, and that's how I find it in a, in a way kind of difficult. I've seen signs that I think there's something in Murray that he's managed to do certain things with what he's got, but Inherently, we don't have the players to do it, and that comes down to you know kind of poor scouting and recruitment last summer, and that's where I think Murray really needs to be really needs to be judged, and, and and what he can actually do with players that he's brought in, and I can see what he's looking for, I can see what he's frustrated with, and it's all there, but there's very little we can actually do with it at the moment apart from spend or throw more and more money at it, which might be reckless. So there a real conundrum for him and the board to try and get out from under that, but in my understanding our wage bills much higher than it should be and it might be really dangerous to actually try and throw money on top of that again to try and get out from under it you're obviously going to have a much bigger squad if you can't shift them so there's a real job to go on next year
0: Okay on that I agree with you and I agree with something else that you said earlier when we had the four wins in a row before uh, the Celtic game I was thinking yeah he's come in whether it's professionals, you mentioned training as well, I think he's upped it from two sessions to three sessions with an optional fourth I was thinking just being professional and and that was sort of all these post-match things was about doing things the right way, it seemed to have been working while it wasn't necessarily brilliant to watch it was effective and he said, you're thinking right, he's going to have more time with them he might be able to get the bodies in that he wants in January and we'll kick on from there we've only been able to get a few young loneys in so I I think it, it in his defence, uh, maybe he's, the, the push strings have been tight and he's not been able to get exactly what he does need and he's had to take a bit of a punt on, on unproven guys, but to Alan's point, uh, in terms of his CV we're going to t- another summer but we, we, we could still go up, but I'm writing off that I don't think we'll we'll get to the playoffs and win them, how how much confidence can you have that Ian Murray's going to do a better job than, than Stephen Finlay did uh, in recruitment, which you're saying in football at this level it's absolutely key Well see, that's
1: that's my concern that all these little idiosyncrasies that I was talking about earlier on, we'll just, you know, we know these things. We, we know that he's pragmatic. You'll, you'll, somebody will say pragmatic, I say quite negative. You know, he's. we know that he'll keep all his men back for corners. We know that Conroy will probably still be there, being allowed to take the set pieces and, and whatever. You know, it doesn't seem to be, you know, there doesn't seem to be the, the, the guidance and the evidence there for me that, that there's that, that, that he's going to do anything different next year, and if we if we have this opportunity, you know, to to get the best guy in, is is it not better to to roll the dice and look at, you know, somebody that can bring something extra to the thing as opposed to someone who we probably suspect has not brought a little, an awful lot extra to the to that squad. I mean, I was going to ask you guys, you know, this squad that we've got, and I think Colin, you've asked this in the past, are they genuinely? that bad that 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 Green Murray simply couldn't have got any more out of them than, than Finlay did. Because to my mind, not nothing greatly has improved barring that get men behind the ball and look a bit more organised, i.e. don't lose as many goals in that four game period where if we if we also if are being honest, we played the same the same teams in Dumbarton and Stenhouse in Strenard twice and they were not in a good run of forum. So and that maybe accounts for a couple of those games as well. You know, is, are they that bad? Because, you know, surely a manager that we want to take on next season and win the league with us, we should have seen something more. We should have seen that motivation. Just, a, just them being a little bit more up for it. Just being a little bit more hungry to win games. You know, and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's not been there. So, it's take what you know and hope that it's suddenly... Gets better. I, I think he's been honking so far. Are we expecting that come this time next year he's not just going? He's going to bypass being average and he's going to suddenly be a, a a a championship winning manager for us. Or you know if if we hope against you know if we look for some improvement, will will he end up being fourth in the league again? You know, I don't think that's what we deserve or that's what we're what, what, what we're needing. We need to roll that dice and we need to get a manager that's going to kick those, these players backsides that, that's gonna utilize the players that we've got better. That's also going to bring in guys, as you say, Gordon, there's good scouting involved and there's a good network and, and we, we bring in a few guys. I, I I think, you know, you're right, his his hand has been his hands have been tied a little bit in the last few weeks and that at this time of the year, you've probably to get new blood in, you've got to probably take the, the low knees and whatever. Whereas what air they really need and I think probably air have done very well out of this because McCall did it and they pulled in a whole host of guys who were championship quality that were either getting on a bit or had been were at the cusp of playing uh, with championship teams and they were seasoned professionals and that's that's always going to win you the league rather than a bunch of 18 and 19 year old guys who half fit more than oh. half the time. No wait, better wait, than what we've actually got. But wait a minute! Look at the Ajax team the other day that went and destroyed PSG.
2: They had six players that were under twenty-two. But, they, they but Ajax,
0: is, Ajax is the ultimate in terms of they had academies. Before anyone had academies, we, we're not going to we're not going to have our own twenty-two-year-olds that have got all those skills. Nah, I've
2: heard it said that you know they're, they're too young. Look how sh- look how crap we've been this year. We guys in the late twenties and thirties. I'm I'm not really
1: buying that argument and. You no, know, I, I the point well was really trying to corners corners make things. was that they were, cut, they were coming from championship teams, I suppose, rather than yeah, it's you know, it's, it's finding better guys East Fife and what, and what have you. it's, you know, it's finding better quality
2: players. You know, the, 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 the Alec McDonald's great team in the early nineties. You, you know, go back to ni- you know nineteen ninety two, right, and the team that we had at that time, apart from Johnny Martin and he eventually brought in Kenny Black, who, you know, was about 27 or 28 at the time. We actually, the fact, Nipper was about 28 or 29 too. The rest of that team that we had were all well under 25 and, you know, early 20s. Uh, I, I don't know about the the age thing. I think blinds us. What we need to look about is the actual abilities of the players that we've got. I mean, see if Andy Ryan comes available for us for next season and we were to sign him, right, and he's only like what, 23 or 24 or something like that. I'm not wanting to turn him down to keep a 33-year-old or 34-year-old striker. No, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. I, I know, it's, it's, it's about quality. No, but it's, it's about quality. 18 and
1: 19 have not, by and large, barring a couple, maybe Liam Lindsay and, and Scott Fraser, and they've, they've, been oh, pretty, right. they've, they've not been any better than what we've had. And I think, no, absolutely. It blocks logic. our youth a wee bit, doesn't it?
2: It does, I mean, if you you go back two or three years at a time that, that Egypt Witherspoon was rattling on about, you know, the 50% of homegrown players or whatever he was talking about. If we had actually built, instead of bringing in Hugo Friars and whatever, if we had actually kept guys like Liam Watt, Nicky and Chris O'Neill and, and Scott just at that point of time and actually added quality players like, you know, your Andy Rhines and, and, you know, kind a of better quality run about that. We could have re- we could have rebuilt our team a lot better. Look at Ajax. They've done this. I mean, I know Ajax is a totally different level, but bear with me for a minute that they've got they've got you know a nineteen year old captain playing centre half and 21 22 year olds have made up the bulk of the squad. What they did was they went and brought in a, a pretty good guy like Tadić and that Daley Blunt, for example, and suddenly they're 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 beating the richest team in the world. Surely the model for a team like us is to use the, kind of like the fairly decent young talent we've got and rather than paying over the odds for journeymen like Scott Roberts and a page, buy a, you know better quality players that are capable. in I think that's maybe what you were getting at there, but the, if you've got a kind of core of your homegrown younger players, surely if you add in a few players of better quality that you can bring down for the championship level to help you get back up again, surely that would be a better model for us rather than, you know, what we've done this summer and bringing in a lot of guys in their late 20s and early to mid 30s and, and paying over the odds for them and blocking the young talent out. It all falls back to the calibre of your manager again, doesn't it? You
1: know.
2: Well, again, the, the guy in charge at the moment's obviously been, you know, he's, he's having to work with what was, what was put there and, and what was put there, unfortunately, we're finding it as every game goes by, that, it, that it, it's looking worse and worse and worse and a huge you know, an even bigger negative against the guy that actually
1: put the whole thing together. Yes, I, I mean, I, I can't deny that every, every, I was laughing because every argument that I that I make, or I've made tonight, for example, <laughs> you can answer it, every one of them with, it's not his team. There's that, that unknown factor involved in it, and I'm not being I, so I, harsh it, on, on, on Ian Murray that I'm not appreciating you're, that you're, 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 you're left with a whole load uh, of... Ross you've got to you've got to work hard I, to I think that's the unique situation that we've got at the moment Sousier, you, know?
2: But I, you know I'm, I'm not going to be a complete crawler or sick or anything like that and and and, and you know just kind of make it I, I'm still disappointed in a few things and the things that I want to see different especially the way we're playing the reliance on guys like your millers and whatever else I don't really like a you know I, I know I know before we go on a preamble I was looking at a guy like Kyle Wilkie and I'm, I'm really caught betwixt and between with him. I, I, I'm not the greatest fan in the world, right? But there are times during the games he looks like a really good player. He can link up play quite well. He can make some good runs. He scored some goals. You know, he was scoring quite a lot of goals before his Celtic game. And, you know, he might have been one of the players whose nose would be completely out of joint when young Stephen Glass came in. Sorry, Declan Glass. Sorry, I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm 20 years out of date. Where did we sign <laughs> him? <It's laughs> not, Stephen Glass's noise. Sorry, when we signed Declan Glass, you know, Wilkie's Mel- Mel- probably the one guy that kind of like, that actually kind of fell out the team and you could understand a, a wee bit there how he might feel a bit of grief by that signing. But I'm, I'm looking at Wilkie and he came on, you know, before with that good run up prior to his Celtic game, he was never making it by half-time before his battery ran flat. He looks like a really, really good player, but there was no way he was lasting the full game. And then at the weekend there, he came on against... I after like quarter an hour when, when Dale Carrick got injured. And um, he came on for the last 20 minutes, he, 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 I never see him getting on the ball or being involved in it. It just kind of like highlights the kind of huge flaws in our, our team and our squad at the moment. There's so many moving parts that, you know, I, I would feel more aggrieved if I looked at it and thought I could do a better job than the manager. But at the moment, I'm looking at it going, I would not want to be him at the moment with that squad of players with my hands tied the way that they are. You know, my only, my only way I can kind of dealing with that would actually be—I would actually be a lot more brutal and get into a lot more of you the know, more experienced players, and I know that would be an absolute nightmare. Um, you know, to try and deal with you know as as someone that manages a, a squad of twenty five to thirty workers myself, I know what it would be like. You know, if, if you played the kids and left all the senior pros at the side, that would be a real it would be a real headache behind the scenes and a you know a real kind of Lord of the Flies type situation. So I can under I can understand the predicament he's in, and I, to be honest, at this moment in time, I would not want to small places with him. I think it's going to be really interesting in the next couple of months. You know what he does. What I would love to see at the moment. Obviously, is what I've said about. You know, reshaping the team a wee bit, how we play, put more of your philosophy down, and it actually comes back again. Alan McDonald. Remember Alan McDonald on the DVDs that we've got there. Um, Alan McDonald right at the start. One of the first things he says, one of his wisdoms, I'll always play with three up front because the first thing you've got to think about is how are we going to beat this other team that we're playing. And, you know like McDonald always went with three up front you know Lawrence Harvey and Coyle, Lawrence Smith and Coyle or whatever you know in the latter days it was it was Harvey, Lawrence and Cooper or something like that, he always started with three up front and how are we going to win this game and I'd love to see a wee bit more of that for you, Murray to be brutally honest especially given the way that we're playing at the moment
0: now, Let's try and bring this bit to conclusion then but Gordon to put you in the spot then so I I, I think we're all agreed that the next steps are going to be the, the key ones and, and it's is Murray going to be like an McCall who went out and got hungry players, found Neil McFarlane, Mark Roberts about 10 years before he was done, Owen Coyle, uh, Craig McPherson, put all these guys together, a really effective team that was able to do well in that league despite a lack of budget uh, or could we, could he fail and we kind of get guys from about this level who uh, are comfortable but not, not, not brilliant? Are you gonna back him to, to do the job over the summer? Well
2: it's not me, it's the board that's got to back him and you know, I, I know we're gonna to come to these situations but really really they're they're gonna be Murray's biggest asset. I think Murray's basically got the tools for the job and I, I know Alan's fears and, and, and I can understand why he thinks that way and, and, and a lot of people might think that way, but I'm, I think there's enough there, I can see enough there that I think that, that he's a decent manager. But the board need to be very creative now and I know there's, I know there's different kind of things you know people are saying different things and whatever else. This is where you know really our directors need to kind of, you know really need to kind of put up now. They've, they've got their man in charge we know what we need to do they they say that we're, we're trying to get to the promised land the, the championship they, they really need to get really creative and very very supportive of them uh, this summer so I, I think it's as much the board as it is the, the manager himself Sorry
0: Alan. But, if, but okay, sit on the fence, and Gordon. So <laughs> he's given a, a decent budget or a competitive budget at this level. So similar to maybe what East Fife would get. Similar to I don't know, free throwers stay down and have to go part time for for there or thereabouts financially. Alan, do you have, do you have confidence in him, or or, or would, would you would you stick a twist?
1: Um, I, I I would hope. I, I think he will be there for the start of next season, and I believe there's been tweets and stuff about that he's been saying that he's going to revamp the whole squad this uh, for next season. I'm not sure where the money is going to come from with that. Um, I would like to think that he could do something but based on the evidence I, I just feel I just feel it's a risk. I feel it's a risk that bearing in mind all the crap we've had to watch for so long it's a risk that we cannot afford to take. We're down at 600-700 people. If it starts badly and his pragmatism persists and we cannot beat you know, we've historically proven that we, even under his tenure, that we can't beat the crappy teams at the bottom of the league, and that's a that, that that's a constant problem with neg- with defensive-minded managers. You know that they 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 are not too bad against the better teams in the league because they can be stuffy and they can be well regimented and they can cause problems. But when the onus is on them to go out and win games against poor quality teams, they kind of can do it. And I think I worry that that will persist into next season, um, in which case you know, I don't want to be sitting next Christmas with 500 people at the games, and the chairman thinking we don't have cash flow here. You know, and it's back to this whole bums on seats. I would actually argue that not only do we need a successful manager, but we need a, a, a we need a manager that's not going to grind out one nothing victories and go up. We need a manager that's Potentially going to entertain people, and you know, dare I say, I almost get back to the Steve Archibald era of three thousand Dafty Airdrie fans turning up to watch Airdrie play against Newcastle Reserves. Or whatever. You know, just just to see attacking f- flair-filled football. Yeah, so, so I, I fear, and I, and I, I would, twi- I would twist, um, but I'm not saying that that you will be successful. I hope, he's, I hope he's successful because he will be here next season.
3: Part two, Song for Airdrie. Uh, this is dedicated to all the volunteers at the Trust, uh, all the merchandise you give us, the retro away jerseys. Uh, I hope that you find a way to work things out with the club. take over, we were gonna win the league, That's what I believe, but something's changed in the atmosphere, boardroom struggles feel familiar, we're a bit used to this, we've lost to teams in blue, red, yellow and green, check the scores and you'll see what I mean, that league we thought we'd top, out of it we could drop, if we don't, then we will be relieved. What a rubbish season, can be for the next one, where nothing will go wrong. Being underachieving, don't like what the squad's done, think we need a new one. Season off to a stutter, Ricky gaffer, said he had to go, so he took the road. Muddy came in and results picked up We drew Celtic in the cup I could get used to this But we've lost the teams In blue, red, yellow and green Check the scores and just see what I mean That week we thought we'd top Out of it we could drop If we don't then we will be relieved What a rubbish season Can't wait for the next one When nothing will go wrong Don't like what the squad's done Been underachieving Think we need a new one Because we're black girls up front Slack at the back A passive midfield And we won't win Jack, Jack, Jack Jack, Jack, Jack We love Paul Jack the teams of blue, red, yellow and green. Check the scores and you'll see what I mean. The league we thought we'd top, out of it we could drop. If we don't then we will be relieved. What a rubbish season, can't wait for the next one when nothing will go wrong. Been underachieving, don't like what the squad's done, think we need a new one. Against logic and all reason, we'll be back next season, hoping and still dreaming. For this one, we're still hoping, playoffs place is open, we could win promotion, motion, motion, motion.
0: The podcast is on the scrounge. You may have noticed if you subscribe for the podcast that sometimes it will appear on your app and sometimes it won't. That's because we use free SoundCloud accounts but you have to change it every time you have five podcasts registered to any account. To get around that we need to have a professional membership that's £90 we're asking people if they'll contribute to our GoFundMe page in order to help fund that. You can find details of the GoFundMe page on our Facebook or Twitter pages I'd like to thank... Ian Telford and John Wilson who have donated thus far. Ian Telford is of course my dad and he's asked if I'll give a mention to scheme that the Airdrie Golf Club are running at the moment. It's an Easter golf school running at Airdrie Golf Club for 12 to 18 year olds. It's from the 2nd to 5th of April and it's £50 per person. If you're Airdrie Ace, fancy being the next Tiger Woods, get in touch with Airdrie Golf Club and they've got a Facebook page where you can find out more. And for anyone else listening, if you contribute £10, we're happy to give you a mention for anything.